We welcome all who come to St. Anne's today and to those who join us by way of live stream. Every Sunday here, you are united with us in spiritual bonds of prayer as you make your spiritual communion here by way of our live stream. I never really understood this gospel. I don't like it. A father divided against his son, son against his father, mother against daughter, and daughter against mother. Doesn't make any sense. However, I get the following. A mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and a daughter-in-law, yeah, right, right. You all know what I'm talking about. The in-laws, the lawless in-laws. And out of that list, stepmothers, stepfathers sometimes, family. How do you define your family? Jesus is saying division? That's why I don't get it. Divide a family? No, unite the family. There should be harmony. There should be peace. So what's he getting at? Well, at the time of this proclamation, Jesus is going through all of the opposition to his message about the kingdom of God. See, for the ancient Jew, the Messiah comes to what? Restore the kingdom of David, the military might of his army, the wealth of that economy. When you think about ancient Jewish kingdoms, they were very strong. And then for several hundred years, they're not. Subjugated by the Egyptians, the Hittites, the Persians, the Greeks, and now the Romans. Jews had had it, and they were waiting for the restoration of the kingdom of David. The Messiah will come from the house of David, a descendant of David. Now Jesus has all that lineage. He's the foster son through the line of David from Joseph. And the high priesthood in the line of Mary's household. So he has all the, the pedigree for the Messiah. But the problem is he's not proclaiming a kingdom of the world. There will be no army, no navy, no air force. There's not going to be wealth of that sort and power of the world. So he's in opposition to the understanding of the kingdom of God as a real, physical, material manifestation of the power and vindication of Yahweh on earth right now. It's called Jerusalem, the city of God. And Jesus says, no, sorry. 
No, my kingdom is not of this world, he'll tell Pontius Pilate. So he's telling the early disciples at us, look, if you want a kingdom, you're going to be caught in the tension between your desires of this world and your desire for heaven. You're going to get caught in a bind often between priorities. Am I going to spend my time, talent, and treasure with everything over here in a kingdom of the world as my ultimate goal? Or am I setting all of that as means to a better and greater end, the kingdom of heaven? So the kingdom of God for Jesus is really heaven on earth but not the earth without heaven. So it's very important that we then take a moment to readjust, examine our priorities. How do I spend my time, talent, and treasure? Our Lord is telling this Sunday after Sunday now as he's preparing the disciples to go out into the world and he knows they're going to come up against the opposition that ultimately will lead him to death. And they're going to experience it too. All the apostles will experience martyrdom. Judas, of course, suicide. But it's a very, very dangerous time for Jesus now. He's gone up against the opposition of the political and religious leadership of his day that is proclaiming a kingdom on earth right here for the Jews, and for the Jews alone. Salvation for the Jews alone. This is not universal. You are not to include Romans and Greeks and Egyptians in this equation. They're not part of our kingdom. They're the enemy, in fact. And our Lord is saying, no, I've come now to divide all that up. I've come for division in this sense so that you can readjust your priorities and to remember that your ultimate kingdom is with God in heaven. A lot of us think that we can all make the world a better place. We hear that phrase all the time, and I understand. I'm going to put all my talent and opportunities to the best of my ability and try to make the world a better place. I get that. There's a certain truth to that. To use all the God-given gifts to assist. But the danger in that thinking, if you're not careful, is that you can be tempted to believe that if we all work to make it a better place, then we don't really need heaven, because now we can have heaven on earth, where there won't be any more poverty. Starvation, plagues, disease, fires, earthquakes, tsunami, really? We've been trying to work at that philosophy for so long to make the world the best place possible, kind of like paradise lost or paradise revisited. So our Lord is saying you can't do that. There's going to be division. I'm going to divide you against the world in a way to say your priorities are really in heaven. 
Well, back to the family then. Some of us do have divided families. I'm one of six. My brother Ed and Susan are here today. We're three out of six. And I can say this, that I'm estranged from one of my sisters and estranged from one of my brothers. I haven't spoken to them in years. I don't understand them. And I'm sorry for them. But I pray for them. I'd like our family to be united. But that's not going to happen realistically, short of the miracle. So families get divided. Misunderstandings, different perspectives, opinions. And you all know that from experience, when you get into these discussions about politics, in particular, with all that's been going on, and you say this nation is divided, and then people want to blame and explain why that's the case, and they'll blame Trump, or they'll blame Biden, they'll blame Pelosi, or they'll blame the Democrats, they'll blame the Republicans, they'll blame the Pope, they blame their pastor. Go ahead. I won't sue you. But we like to blame when there's division. Not my fault. It's his. Don't blame me. I didn't do it. Really? Really? Age-old, ancient story when God said, Adam, did you do it? Adam had the moment. The moment to tell the truth. To come clean with God. And what does he do? He doesn't just lie. He blames it on woman. She made me do it. Don't blame me. Eve, is it true? Did you do it? Wonderful Eve. The serpent did it. Not my fault. Don't blame it on me. See, now they're divided. Now they're divided. See, sin divides us. It divides me within. It divides us. You want the world to be a better place? Acknowledge sin. That's not guilt. That's not Catholic shame. Put all that myth aside. I love the press of Catholics. Love their guilt and shame. It's healthy to tell the truth. Own it. Fess up. No, we don't do that. See, we live in denial and say, well, that's not my fault. Someone else did that to me, and that explains my situation. Okay, maybe. In part. No, I get divided within myself when I'm torn between two lovers. The kingdom of the world and the kingdom of God. And I've got to live somehow and navigate that relationship, and it's not always easy. And then families have to navigate that to keep priority so that it can stay together. 
not easy. So what's the antidote to all of that? Well, there's a lot of good medicine here, spiritually. And the letter to the Hebrews tells us, in part, today, what that answer is. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Whatever you're going through, health issues, money issues, job, marriage, family, neighborhoods. Wow, the list goes on and on, isn't it? Where you feel divided, the tensions, the stress of life, and you say, I just want some peace. Right. Do you think I've come to establish peace on the earth? No, I tell you, division. So our Lord wants to divide you within yourself from thinking that the kingdom of God is here on earth. Peace on earth. Peace in our time. No more war. Chamberlain, remember? Illusions. All illusion. No, the peace that comes is not from the world. Peace is not the absence of war. Peace is not the absence of starvation or plagues or fires or disease. No, true peace is the peace of God, the peace of the Lord in my heart. That's peace. That's pox. So once again, as we've said before, when it comes to that moment when the priest says, let us offer each other the sign of peace, it's not the peace of the earth. It's not a worldly peace. Ho, ho, ho. It's the peace of God within me that wants to share that with you. It's not of the world. It's the peace of Christ be with you and with your spirit. So many places in the Mass where we talk about peace, the word is used over and over again. May the peace of the Lord be with you. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, peace I give you, my peace I leave you. Not the peace of the world. Notice even the Mass is simulating that whole message of Jesus. His peace. His peace. So if you want peace in your life, be willing to be divided against the world. Not because the world is evil, not because the world is bad, but because priorities get messed up. So keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And when these elements of bread and wine are elevated today, once again, the Prince of Peace, the peace of Jesus, living in me, growing in me, that I might share that with family, and wherever family is, however you define it, may the peace of Christ be with you.